The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We've got a wonderful show in store for you today. I've got uh, an extraordinary guest that I'm really looking forward to bringing on. But of course, first, we have, as always, our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. So let's get started. I want to get through these quick so I can bring on my guest. First, from the universe, there's always far more going on that you've yet to see, even now. So if you should ever feel bored or lonely again, look a little closer. Where's Waldo? The universe. <laughs> we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. I think today, uh, having a little fun with us um, to, to also remind us that, you know, our, our senses and our perceptions only grasp such a little tiny fraction of the reality around us. And, and we think we see all this stuff. We think we, we, we understand what's going on. We, we think we have a good grasp of the reality around us. But the truth is we're only seeing such a tiny, small fraction. We're only absorbing consciously. And I've heard it once said um, that we, we experience something like a billion bits of data every second, but our conscious minds can only take in 2,000 bits of data. So it's not even a hundredth or a thousandth of a percent of everything that's going on around us, consciously, that is. Unconsciously, we're picking up quite a lot more. So when we think there's not much going on, sometimes if we close our eyes and we just allow our breath to slow down a little bit and be a little bit more present, we can actually feel a lot more going on in the room, around us, inside of us. And sometimes, you know, our senses fool us. And so if we don't see something, we don't think it's there. So it might be, you know, not a bad practice once in a while to put the senses aside for a moment and open up to what the body is really, really feeling. And you just might find a surprise. You just might find that you actually can feel a lot more going on than what you thought. So 
Interesting, intriguing little quote from the universe. Let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. When you are in sync with who you really are, your emotions range from satisfaction to passion and enthusiasm for life. You feel clarity and certainty and interest in life. You feel fun. Your timing is good. You feel vitality. And then what comes to you feels good to you because law of attraction will not give you something that you have not practiced. Abraham. Ah, Good quote from Abraham, uh, reminding us that, again, it's, it's when we're really connected to that, that deeper part of ourselves. As, as Abraham likes to say, when we're uh, tuned in, tapped in, and turned on, things just feel right. They feel good. We're in the flow. We're experiencing life in a more vital level. And, those, and then we're going to start attracting things that help us to feel that way even more. However, the opposite is also true. The more we feel unhappy, the more we feel sad, the more we focus on those things that create that reaction within us, the more we practice that, the more we're going to attract things to us that make us feel unhappy, sad, depressed, whatever you want to call those emotions, those feelings. And so, look, we're human beings. We're not always going to feel elated, joyful, enthusiastic 100% of the time. Yet with practice, like going to the gym and we create that muscle and we train our nervous system to hold that energy, we can be it more and more and more of the time. And, of course, things happen. We lose people. Unexpected things happen. We get injured. You know, things happen. I'm still a big believer things happen for us, not to us. Uh, So if we look for the gift in whatever it is, I'm sure we can find one. But it's really ultimately about training ourselves to feel good more of the time. And uh, I'm actually reading a book right now um, that the whole premise of the book is that we, we sort of reach these levels of success in our business, our life, our relationships, that's our upper limit of feeling good. And, and, and when it gets to be too much and we can't feel good much more, then we'll do little things that will uh, mess up uh, what we're talking, mess up what we're doing, mess up what, what we're feeling at the time. And so it's all about uh, bringing uh, ourselves to a place where we can allow ourselves to feel better more and more and more of the time. All right. So two wonderful, amazing, and very apropos quotes for the day. Again, you know, I don't cherry pick these. These come to me uh, 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 in my inbox this morning, and, and that's what I use. And so it is now my extreme pleasure uh, to welcome to the show Dr. Susan Shumsky, who is a highly respected spiritual teacher and the founder of Divine Revelation, a unique 
field-proven technology for contacting the divine presence, hearing and testing the inner voice, and receiving clear divine guidance. For over two decades, her mentor was the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And for those of you who don't remember, he was the guru of the Beatles for many years. And Dr. Shamsky served on Maharishi's personal staff for six years. She has dedicated her life to helping people take command of their lives in highly effective, powerful, positive ways. She is the best-selling author of 17 books in English and 34 books published in foreign languages. She's won 31 prestigious book awards and a pioneer in the human potential field. She has taught thousands of people about meditation, prayer, affirmations, and intuition. Her book, some of, just some, just some of her book titles include uh, Divine Revelation, Exploring Meditation, How to Hear the Voice of God, Ascension, Instant Healing, Awaken Your Third Eye, The Power of the Chakras, Awaken Your Divine Intuition, The Big Book of Chakras, Third Eye Meditations, which I really like, and The Maharishi and Me, and it is my pleasure to welcome her to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Welcome to the show, Dr. Shamsky. Hi, Sam. I'm thrilled to be here with you today. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to have you here. I've, I, I'm trying to think if I've had any other guests on the show who, who uh, were mentored by the Maharishi. Um, so it, it's really a, a pleasure to have you here. Um, I, I'm curious... Uh, what drew you to sort of this spiritual life? I mean, you've been so immersed with it for so many years. Like, were you always somebody who, you know, was just naturally drawn to it? Did, did you have some experience? I'm, I'm, I'm always very curious what brings people to their sort of spiritual path. Well, you know, it was the 60s. I was a hippie. I was a flower child. I was I living in the San Francisco Bay Area. And those of us who were flower children, it wasn't just all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Uh, in fact, we were really serious about attaining what we called altered states of consciousness. Yeah. And uh, we wanted to reach nirvana. And our gurus at that time were Timothy Leary right. and Richard Alpert, who later became Ram Dass. They wrote a book called The Psychedelic Experience. It was based upon the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we were uh, following them and following their uh, precepts, turn on, tune in, and drop out. And, you know, I was reading the Buddhist scriptures. I was reading Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. I was reading The Way of Zen and other works by Alan Watts. And in Alan Watts' books, he said that you have to find a meditation guide well, in 1966 in Berkeley, California, you didn't exactly go to the telephone directory and look in the yellow pages for <laughs> meditation guide or anything remotely similar to that. So I asked a friend, well, how do I get this meditation guide? And he said, well, have you ever tried to meditate on your own? I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. So I lay down on my bed. That's how clueless I was, Sam. I didn't even know that you're supposed to sit up when you meditate. I lay on my bed and sort of prayed for or asked for a meditation. And immediately I was propelled into this ecstatic state. I could feel this cord or rush of energy rushing from the tips of my toes all the way to the top of my head. 
And I felt like I was plugged into this cosmic electric socket, but in a most ecstatic way. And I figured, well, I guess this is meditation. Little did I know that I had not only had my first meditation experience, but also Kundalini awakening all at the same time without any stimulants or drugs or anything. And very soon after that, a friend took me to the Transcendental Meditation Center. And as soon as I saw the picture of Maharishi on the wall, uh, I could feel this incredible energy that was just flowing from his eyes, in fact, uh, from this photo. And I just knew at that point, this is where I'm going to learn real meditation, which is what I wanted. You know, I wanted to learn how to really meditate. So I did. And I it took nine months before there was a teacher who actually showed up in Berkeley. But finally, during the summer of love, August of 1967, I learned uh, this method called Transcendental Meditation, otherwise known as TM. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny to hear, hear you, you know, recount your experiences because I was a child of the 70s. So I'm a little bit younger than you. But I always felt like I was born 10 years too late because... Oh. You know, I in high school, I had long hair, you know, I was <laughs> hanging out with people and, 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 you know, but nowadays, it feels like we're coming around full circle, because in the 60s, the, 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 the culture of, of using substances was really about using substances to expand your consciousness, right? And that's why at the time, like the psychedelics were so pervasive and so popular because it was about expanding your consciousness. And, and now I look around and I see, um, you know, how psilocybin and, and ayahuasca are being used to, again, expand people's consciousness to help with healing and, and how, um, you know, MDMA now is getting classified as something uh, to help depression, anxiety, and how we're coming back to uh, this idea of, you know, finding emotional and, and mental healing. They don't talk that much about the spiritual side of the healing, but it's really a spiritual healing um, to, to help people to feel more whole and to feel better. And, it, and it, to me, you know, having been kind of, you know, just after that crest of that wave of the 60s, being old enough to know and now seeing things come back around, I really do feel like we're, where the, the cycle is sort of coming back around to where we were then. Absolutely, yeah. I would agree with everything you just said, yeah. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. All right, I see we got some, uh, my loyal listener, Patty, listening on the, the Facebook Live. Thank you, Patty, for all the love. Um, and Maddie is asking us, uh, you know, what are we talking about today? We're talking about meditation and other forms of uh, spiritual concepts. Um and, and, and what I would like to, and we're going to take a quick break, uh, Dr. Shumsky, but when we come back, I really want to focus on sort of these uh, spiritual concepts, these spiritual things that we know, talking about, you know, our aura, our chakras, uh, pranic healing and these things. But really, how can we use them today with all of the craziness going on, with all of the the change that we're in the midst of, how do we use these things to help us to have a more fulfilling and, and, and a more empowered life, okay? Absolutely. 
All right, wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook Live. So everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking today with Dr. Susan Shumsky all about um, meditation and and sort of all these spiritual, uh, not just practices, but spiritual principles and how we can really apply them uh, today in our lives. Dr. Shumsky, you've been around this stuff for years. I mean, you've written so many amazing, wonderful books. I'm I'm curious, over the years, like first, what brought you to become an author and really share all this stuff with people? And then um, and then sort of how has this sort of developed into something that really supports you in your life? Well, I became an author simply because I was teaching a specific method of meditation that I learned uh, not from Maharishi. I learned actually from a new thought teacher, uh, Peter Meyer, who lived in San Diego. And I really loved this new practice. It was different than Transcendental Meditation. I had wonderful experiences, by the way, with TM Mm -hmm. and incredible experiences when I was in Maharishi's ashram for so long. But this other method I really liked better. So I started teaching it and traveling around the country And it wasn't long before I realized I have to have a book. If I'm going to have any credibility here, I've got to write a book. So I went ahead and wrote one. And amazingly, it was published by Simon & Schuster. That's a kind of a miracle story that happened. A first-time unknown spiritual author who knows nothing about writing, who went to art school, uh, (laughs) wrote a book and got it published by Simon & Schuster, the biggest publisher in the world at that time. So uh, that was how I originally became an author. And the publishers that I, I, who uh, asked me to go ahead and, and publish my books, uh, they wanted me to write more books. So I ended up writing. Uh, now I'm on number 18 at the moment. Wow. And amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm just coming out with my first book in November. I've just written my first book and it's, yeah. I, I, I love it. I, I caught the bug now. So I'm, I'm <laughs> definitely it's more. It's fun to write. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. And so now you, as you mentioned, you, you have your own, uh, well, you've learned this, this other form of meditation and you started going out. What, what, what kind of uh, um, motivated you to become a teacher? You know, I think when I was a child, I used to play at being a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) I remember uh, the headboard on my bed, that would be my blackboard. And I would pretend I was teaching a class. So, yeah, I think I've always been in that kind of mindset of wanting to be a teacher. But um, certainly I wanted to to be an artist, first of all. And I went to art school and all of that. But then, then when I got involved with spirituality... And especially when I learned meditation, 
Uh, I was so impressed by the results, uh, such amazing results that transformed my life so dramatically and so quickly that I wanted to become a teacher of meditation. Talk about that for a minute of of just what were some of the benefits that you got from meditation? Like what, like, like the really big, big ones that, that totally changed your life. Well, the reality is that LSD with LSD, I had a psychotic episode. It was a Mm -hmm. horrendous experience for me. I never came down from the drug. I was having continual flashbacks for months afterwards. It was terrifying. Mm -hmm. I was in a horrific state, and meditation completely cured me of that. I became healthy and happy, and for the first time in my life, I experienced happiness. I had really never experienced that before. And so meditation was so dramatic for me that I immediately wanted to go and study with Maharishi in India. He was teaching teacher training courses in Rishikesh, India. So I applied for several courses, but um, they kept rejecting me because they said I was a bit too young. You had to be 24 years old and be a college graduate. So, but finally Maharishi allowed some of the other younger, uh, us younger kids to go. I was in 1970. So I went there at that time in Rishikesh, India, and I was there for six months with Maharishi, three months of the teacher training class, and then another three months just hanging out with him and a handful of other people. Wow. Wow. So that's really something that, you know, a psychotic break from, from a psychedelic drug is no uh, a casual challenge. And to, yeah. to say that, like, you've actually healed yourself because of meditation through that is, is really a remarkable thing. Yeah. Um, I would like to talk a little bit about the chakras. I use them a lot in my work, um, transformational work that I do with people. Um, you you talk about 14 chakras as opposed to seven chakras. Most people know the seven chakras, the root, sacral, solar plexus, heart, throat, third eye, and crown chakra. What are the 14 chakras? What are the other seven chakras? Well, when, uh, when I first uh, wrote this book called The Big Book of Chakras and Chakra Healing, um, mm-hmm. when I was asked to write a book about the chakras by my publisher, I went back to the ancient scriptures to find the most authentic information that I could find about that topic. And what I found was unbelievable. When I went back to these original scriptures, I found out the most amazing esoteric information about the chakras about as above so below and how our uh how our internal system our own uh subtle body reflects the body of the universe so it was incredible and uh, in those ancient scriptures i found that they that they talked about 14 chakras there's the seven major ones that you just mentioned and then there's also a hrit chakra, which is near the heart chakra. There's talu chakra, which is in the back of your throat in the uvula uh, area. And then there's the manas chakra in the center of your head and the, uh, the uh, indu chakra uh, nearby there. And then the nirvana chakra, which is uh, the top of your skull. And then the guru chakra above your head. And then above Sahasrara, which is the crown chakra, there is a Bindu point. So these other chakras I found out about and uh, wrote about them in the book. 
Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, because, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about the seven major ones, but they don't talk too much about these other and the minor chakras. Well, chakras. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you, like, this knowledge, and, and this is something that I've, over the years, I mean, back when I first got put on my spiritual path, you know, I was learning just for the sake of learning. I just, I loved, I want to absorb everything I could. But as I've gotten older, I really have becoming like more practical in a way. It's like, okay, this knowledge is great, but how do I apply it? What does it do for me? How can I use it to help me have a better life? So, so that's my question to you is this knowledge, I'm going to just, just about the chakras themselves, like how does this esoteric knowledge help you in having a better life? Well, <laughs> this is a great question. The reality is this book that I wrote, the big book of chakras and chakra healing is not only filled with information about the chakras, amazing esoteric information, but also extremely practical uh, practices, techniques that are based upon uh, ancient yogic traditional practices, uh, such as the bandhas, the mudras, pranayama. Um, bandhas means muscular locks. Mudras means gestures. Um, pranayama means breathing exercises. The reality is that our life is based upon prana. Prana meaning life force energy. In mm -hmm. China, they call it qi. And in Japan, they call it ki. Mm -hmm. So that life force energy is what it gives you motion. It gives you heat. And most importantly, it is life itself. So if you have more pranic energy flowing through your subtle body, you're going to be more successful, more charismatic, happier, you're going to be more, more attractive. People will want to be around you. So that's very practical. Yes. <laughs> if you increase prana flowing through your subtle body, you're going to have a better life. So prana is in air. It's in the air atmosphere. It's in the sunlight. It's in water. And it's in food. So... Uh, by doing pranayama, meaning the breathing exercise, you have more prana flowing through your subtle body. When you go out into the sun and imbibe the sunshine, the rays of the sun, you have more prana. When you swim or bathe in water, more prana. And when you chew your food until it becomes liquid, masticated until it becomes liquid, then you have greater prana. So these are some of the ways that you're going to get more prana flowing through your subtle body. And, and what does that have to do with chakras? Well, we have um, all these various sheaths. Not only do we have this physical sheath that we live in, but we have subtle, subtle bodies as well. And one of those bodies is your vital energy body, otherwise known as the pranamaya kosha. So that subtle body has prana flowing through it. It's made of prana. And it is said in the ancient scriptures of India that when prana is in the body, that is what is defined as life. And when prana leaves the body, that is what is defined as death. Mm. So greater uh, life uh, flowing through your subtle body is going to enhance your life. Now, these, this subtle energy of prana flows through specific pathways or conduits. 
They're called Nadi in India. And mm. in China, they're called Meridian. I think people are more familiar with that term Meridian than Nadi. Right. But in any case, there are these Nadi that flow through your subtle body. When many of these Nadi intersect into a plexus, that's called Chakra. And Chakra means wheel. Mm-hmm. It's a wheel because it has a hub of pranic energy and it has spokes of pranic energy, radiating pranic energy. And the chakra are actually regulating, they are the intelligence behind the body. They are regulating these various parts of your internal system. For example, the navel chakra, that's in the area of the navel, mm-hmm. in the area of the solar plexus, ruled by the sun. And that particular chakra is involved with digest with food with mm. where the stomach is it's in that area you see right so uh, each one of those chakras each one of the 14 chakras that i mentioned uh, has a function very practical function and so if your chakras are healthy if they're open if they have a lot of pranic energy flowing through them then you're going to be very healthy right so so just on a just to, to kind of summarize what you've been saying is that sort of these spiritual practices and this spiritual understanding and knowledge, it's really all about the energy in our lives. And that when we understand how the energy flows, how to cultivate more energy, how to, how to live in a, in a way that, that supports it, that then we have more vitality, more energy, we can do more, we feel better, that, that it has all of these very practical benefits from them so that the, this knowledge is not just studying some ancient knowledge that has no relevance to today, it actually is extremely relevant to our day-to-day life. It is, and in fact, meditation is the most profound way to develop uh, prana, to have greater pranic energy and more subtle pranic energy flowing through the subtlest um, tubes, shall we say, or conduits of energy. So meditation takes you into a state where your breath becomes, well, they call it suspension of breath, but breath never really is suspended. It isn't like you're not breathing. It's just that the breath becomes imperceptible. And during deep meditation, when the breath is imperceptible, that is when prana starts to flow through the subtlest pathways, one of the subtlest pathways being kundalini, being sushumna nadi through which kundalini flows. Gotcha. Okay, it's time for us to take another quick break. Uh, When we come back, maybe you can uh, describe a little bit of some of these meditation practices for our audience of of what they can do, um, maybe if they're starting out or maybe they have a little bit of a practice, but they're developing their practice, maybe some advice or some guidance as to how they can develop their meditation practice, okay? Absolutely, yes. All right, wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back after this. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I'm so glad that you're all still with us. 
Um, William, I see William on the Facebook Live, loyal listener. Thank you for tuning in this week. And I hope you, you all have been enjoying our conversation so far with Dr. Susan Shumsky, um, author of the bazillion books, the big book of chakras and uh, ascension, all these amazing, wonderful spiritual books. Um, so Susan, before the break, I asked if maybe you can uh, give us some guidance or, or some uh, recommendations around what people can do who are maybe just starting their meditation practice, or, or maybe they have a basic meditation practice and they want to deepen it a little bit. What kinds of advice would you have for people? Oops. Uh, so, let me uh, yeah, I wrote, yeah, go ahead. I wrote a book called uh, Third Eye Meditations. Yes. Uh, this particular book, even if you know nothing about meditation, <laughs> you can meditate by doing a practice that I call guided meditation. And guided meditation is simply, um, I call it the do nothing program. Uh, do nothing, nothing, and less than nothing. The less you do, the better experience you're going to have. So uh, really, guided meditation is you are being guided step by step through the process. All you have to do is follow the instructions. So this particular book is filled, uh, Third Eye Meditations, is filled with meditative practices, affirmations, mantras, uh, just different practices that you can do uh, to enhance your experience of life uh, in, ver- in many different levels. And what I do recommend is that when you uh, read this book, you can either just read it, which will that, that will take you into meditation, or even better is to uh, use a device such as your computer or your phone and read the meditation onto your device and then get comfortable cushy really comfortable and then close your eyes and then just start playing back and i love that meditation i love that idea when i when i got the book and i apologize i I have it in the office and i haven't done it yet but i I looked at it and i was like oh this is a great idea let me record the meditations i mean some people don't like their own voice but it's actually a good practice to, to record your voice and listen to it, but I can like, re, you know, speak all these meditations into my equipment, record it, and then I have the recording and then I can play it back anytime um, I have a chance. Yeah. So that's a great uh, way for you to meditate uh, using your own voice, listening to your own voice, taking you into deep meditation. And it's a total no brainer. Now, I will give you some other tips about meditation if you want to get started meditating on your own without using guided meditation. What I recommend is that you, first of all, be comfortable. Comfort is the most important thing about meditation. A sitting uh, in lotus position in the center of the floor with no back support is not exactly comfortable for most people. So I, I really recommend that you have back support and that you really feel comfortable with pillows and just, just be in a comfortable position because discomfort does not enhance meditation. Right, exactly. <laughs> it takes you out of it, right? Exactly. So be comfortable, first of all. And then uh, the next thing is to close your eyes and keep your eyes closed because rather than uh, being in an outward direction, 
the outer senses. I, I noticed earlier you were talking about the senses. Um, the outer senses will take you the opposite direction than when you, you want to go. You want to go into the inner senses, which are deep within. So just closing your eyes helps you to take a 180 degree turn within. And then start just to take some deep breaths. Uh, deep breathing definitely helps you to get into a quiet and restful state. And I'll demonstrate a deep breath. Here it is. That would be a deep breath. Now I'll demonstrate what's not a deep breath. That's not a deep breath. So take at least three deep breaths and have the intention that every time you take a deep breath, you're going to relax more and more. So as you breathe out, as you exhale, just pretend as, as though you're letting go of every problem, every concern that is just like disappearing. Uh, you can visualize it giving over to God. You can visualize it going into the earth, all your negative vibrations and everything. So just take a few deep breaths and then breathe normally, you know, and ask. Um, everything that I teach is based upon one principle, and that is ask, and it shall be given unto you. So ask to be taken deeper. Actually call upon a divine being that you feel comfortable with, whether that's a deity, an angel, an archangel, your own higher self, whatever you want to call upon, um, a saint, a prophet, a deity, call upon by name and ask to be taken deeper or ask for whatever it is you want during that meditation. If it's peace, if it's love, if it's healing, if it's wholeness, if it's inner strength, whatever you want, ask for it. And then take some more deep breaths, you know, maybe take another three deep breaths or so and get into a quiet state, into a restful state. And that will help you to go deep into meditation. And you can always ask for whatever you want during the meditation. Most people are very passive when they meditate. They get into this relaxed state and then they wonder why nothing's happening. That's because they haven't asked for it. Right. Intending and ask for it verbally. Say it verbally, not just thinking. If you just remain uh, in your head, sometimes you drift off and, and you're, you're not really a present. Suddenly it's like, okay, what, what's happening? And why am I not getting anywhere, you know? But right. if you are asking specifically for specific results, you'll find that you'll get them. Right. And it could be for healing. It could yes. be for guidance. It could be for, you know, what do I do next? It could exactly. be for, you know, any, any kind of thing. Just, just whatever it is that you're seeking to ask for it. Yeah, it's a good idea to ask for specific questions, such as, what is wise for me to do about the uh, problem I'm having at work with my boss? Yeah. Or what is highest wisdom for me to do about the fact that my children are taking drugs? You know, very practical questions will start a dialogue with your higher self. And then you'll begin to get very practical answers to your questions. You'll be start to be led by spirit if you're willing to follow the advice that you get 
then um, you'll find that your life will start to be filled with miracles. And and I, I really do feel that now more than ever, given what's going on in the world, I mean, although things are opening, I'm in New York City and we've been under lockdown for a while, but things are opening back up. You know, people are coming out more, but we're still working remotely. We're still not socializing the way we did in the past. And a friend of mine who actually practices TM every day, she um, had said to me, we got together and chatted and caught up after not seeing each other for a long time. And she said, you know, Sam, for people like you and me, if we can't go outside, we can go inside. But for a lot of people, that that's not always so easy. So it's a, a good practice to be comfortable going inside and, and feeling what's kind of inside and look for guidance, ask, you know, for, for what it is that we want, as you're saying, like very specifically, and that can really serve us, especially in today's world, when we're met with so much uncertainty and so much change and so much, you know, just unknown for what tomorrow is going to bring. Exactly. Now more than ever, Meditation and especially intuition is vital because we, you know, we don't even know what's how we're going to get our next meal. Many of us, uh, we don't know if our, we'll still have a job. We don't know if we're how we'll get a job. There's so many problems that we're facing right now, and we can't rely upon these outer institutions to take care of us. We have to become self-sufficient. We have to find resources within. And how we do that is through the practice of meditation and intuition. You know, asking very practical questions like, is it wise for me to go to the supermarket today? I mean, (laughs) that can either mean health or non-health, going to the supermarket at a specific time. Uh, I know that maybe that sounds ridiculous, but it's absolutely true in this climate. You know, we don't know if we're going to catch COVID by going to the grocery store. So we can ask, we can ask for guidance to a a higher power that has more intelligence than we do, who's much smarter than we are. So if we ask uh, our higher self for guidance, then we'll be safe. We'll be taken care of. And by the way, miracles will take place in our life. on a daily basis. Exactly, exactly. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, Uh, Dr. Shumsky, it's it's time for our last break. Um, When we come back, I actually, I'm curious, just for personally, I want to ask you about your book on Ascension and and sort of what that's all about, if that's okay. And and then... um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let people know how to find uh, about and then your work and what you're doing today and, and uh, where they can find out all about you. OK, so everybody, please stay tuned. I see Margo. Thank you for joining us on the Facebook Live. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> and we'll be uh, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour 
with Dr. Susan Shumsky, uh, author of the book, The uh, Third Eye Meditation. Uh, let me get these right. Third Eye Meditations, The Big Book of Chakras, uh, uh, The Power of the Chakras, Awakening Your Third Eye. Oh, she's got so many amazing books. And I actually want to ask you about one. I don't know when you wrote it uh, on Ascension. So it's just curious about that because I used to study with a spiritual ascension teacher. And so uh, I, I always have my ears open when I hear the word. Well, Ascension, I love that book. Um, I'm an artist, so I did some beautiful illustrations for that book, uh, uh-huh. pictures of various ascended masters, ascended beings. The book is uh, filled with stories, actually, of immortal beings, beings of light, beings who attained a light body and attained immortal life. But the, the book is not just about the usual suspects like St. Germain and Babaji and Jesus and Mother Mary. It is about ascended beings throughout the world in all different cultures. So it's fascinating. Um, beings that I personally have met uh, in India and even in America, uh, beings who uh, have followed the Buddha's path and uh, just from all over the world, you're going to find uh, amazing stories about ascended beings. But also in the book, there are practices to help you to transform your own body into a light body uh, uh-huh. to become uh, ascended yourself, to become an ascended master yourself. So there's various practices, meditations, affirmations, and so on to help you with your own ascension practice. Yeah, and and it's kind of interesting how we sometimes have this notion that, oh, if you're talking about ascended beings, they're all of like one type, one religion, one, one, one background, but actually they're, they're varied and, and there are as many different ascended beings as there are belief systems and philosophies and practices, aren't there? Yes, there are. Uh, you'll find them in the Bible. You'll also find them in um, <laughs> throughout the world. Um, Parkeya right. Pradesh uh, in India, meaning, um, meaning taking an immortal body, uh, going into another body. All these different practices are, are mentioned in the in the book and many different interesting practices are taught in the book cool cool all right so let's talk about what you're doing today you, you you've been doing this work for for decades um where where are things now for you what, what is your life about now my life is pretty much <laughs> as it has been writing a lot of books uh, right now i'm working on a book called prosperity meditations at the end of this year a book is going to come out that i've already written called earth energy meditations these are both these are both guided meditation books similar to the book third eye meditations and then next year i have another book coming out that i haven't started to write yet but it's due next year and it's called how india influenced the beatles and the reason why uh, I wrote that book is because I had written my memoir called Maharishi and Me, Seeking Enlightenment with the Beatles Guru. 
-hmm. But I didn't get really all that much chance in that book to talk about the Beatles and their journey with Maharishi and also how they were influenced uh, by India, not only by Maharishi, but by Indian music and all of that. So I'm excited to start writing that book, which will be coming out uh, at the end of next year, I think. And and their collaborations with Ravi Shankar and people like that? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be talking about everything that they did that was um, involving India or involving um, the wisdom of the East, shall we say, which very much influenced the Beatles and their music, much more than people realize. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and it's in, in some ways I, I'm glad that you're doing that because – people also don't always realize a lot of people do, but some people don't realize about how influential the Beatles were to all the music that came after the Beatles. So it really, it is sort of that ripple effect of what influenced them influenced many, many other people. Um, Okay. We only have a couple of minutes left. Uh, How do people find out more about you? Um, I know they can probably find all your books on Amazon, but do you have, uh, I'm assuming you're still teaching or you have some kind of online courses or something for people to look at? Well, my website is drsusan.org, drsusan.org. That is a huge website. You're going to find tons of interviews, embedded videos, um, so much information, uh, drsusan.org. And then I have another website, which is Divine Travels. Dot com that's d i v i n e t r a v e l s that's plural on the travels divine travels.com uh, that is about my amazing tours to sacred destinations and also holistic seminars at sea um, i do produce conferences at sea with uh, mm. very famous spiritual teachers and so on so mm. check that out we have three coming up next year in 2021 uh, one to Tahiti, one to the Greek Isles, and one to uh, Alaska. So check it out and um, divinetravels.com. Wonderful, wonderful, beautiful, beautiful. So we just have a couple of minutes left. I- I'd love to know from either your own guidance or from what you feel from people, you know, in meditation of of where the world is going. I think a lot of people feel very unnerved because there's so much contrast. There's so much of this, this polarity on the, on the one hand, it, it feels like things are moving in a positive direction, but on another hand, it feels like things are getting worse. And so I'm just curious of your perspective on that. And, and, and where do you feel things are going from here? Well, because of the fact that I've been around for 72 years, I have to say that the world has changed tremendously for the better (laughs) over this time. Uh, And how I know that is the 20th century was a bloodbath. Uh, We had 41 million people who were killed in World War I. We had 70 million people who were killed in World War II. Uh, The the whole century was basically a a bloodbath of uh, not only those wars, but more wars, Vietnam, uh, you know, Um, Korean War and all that. So now what we have is relative peace on earth. I mean, really, there's no real actual war like there has been in past centuries. Mm -hmm. Um, And why is that? 
I believe it's because so many people have taken up practices of meditation, prayer. So many people have uh, found ways to become calmer, to become more spiritual. And that's true throughout the world, especially in America. Yeah. Uh, the world is really a different place than it used to be. Uh, people are really interested in meditation and, and uh, developing their spiritual self. So I believe that that's the reason why the world has changed so much. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when, when I have someone come on the show who does have a, a broader perspective of things, it, it's really interesting to see that, you know, when we look at just, you know, the microcosm of like today compared to like two years ago, you may think, oh my God, things are so awful. But when you look at it in the broader strokes of what's been going on for the last 100 years, 200, 300, 500 years, we're actually more humane, more civilized, more peaceful than we've ever been before. And that actually, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the media and the frenzy of all the fear and the, and, and the division. But the truth is things are actually better than they've ever been. And it's a great reminder for people to, to really look at a broader perspective and not necessarily such a tight, limited perspective of the world. Absolutely. For sure. Well, Dr. Susan Sramsky, thank you so much for taking the time to come on my show today. Well, I truly you. appreciate you and your work. And I would love for you to come back next year, maybe when your your new book comes out or, or something comes on, please feel free to reach out. I'd be thrilled to have you back on again. I look forward to it, Sam. I've enjoyed speaking with you so much. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in week after week. And I just want to remind everybody, my book, Everyday Awakening, here's a proof copy. It's coming out. Um, and there was a little glitch on Amazon. So it's like if you ordered the paperback instead of the Kindle, you might have already gotten it. Um, but it's not supposed to officially launch until November 17th. Um, but uh, you can find it on Amazon now. So please take a look for it. Um, so thank you all for tuning in. Stay tuned. Coming up next, right after my show, it's Ken Foster and his show, uh, Voices of Courage, followed by Antonia and her show, 5 p.m. Uh, so now you know, uh, with Graham Dobbin and his show, the mind behind leadership tonight at seven. Thank you all. Take care. We will talk to you next week. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.